It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The initial 53-man roster is set, so let's dive in and see where we were right, wrong, and confused. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, Every day, and I thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders first listen or view of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, and you can continue this conversation with me via text simply by going to joinsubtext.com/slash Locked On Commanders. We can go one on one with me because I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media and Washington Commanders beat reporter for CommanderCountry.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan and Nation. I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with the Everdayers who come through on a consistent basis supporting the show, and I continue to appreciate you for doing so. Today's episode brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed uh, over at GameTime. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to dive deep into the official initial 53-man roster uh, for the Washington Commanders, and I think that's the most important thing to remember with this 53-man roster, it is the initial 53-man roster. Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew, uh, we spoke to them in Ashburn on Tuesday, which is actually why this episode is dropping a little bit later in the day, because we're going to go out there. We talked to them. I drove home, had a year thing set up. Of course, my computer had to update before I could do anything. So, you know, you guys know how it goes sometimes. Technology sometimes makes things easier. Sometimes it doesn't make things easier, right? But we talked to them, and, and something they really emphasized in the very beginning of the press conference is how fluid uh, an NFL roster really is and can be. So again, this this roster will continue to develop, continue uh, to adjust as the team needs it to. So we will continue to follow up with all that. But looking at the initial 53-man roster here, I dropped my projections uh, just the other day, if you caught those. So we're going to talk about some of those, and we're going to talk about some of the differences that happened between my roster and the actual initial 53-man roster. So here, let's look at the initial 53-man roster before we look at the differences between mine and what the Washington Commanders ended up actually doing. So at quarterback, uh, the Washington Commanders keep two quarterbacks on their initial active roster, those two being Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. Three running backs, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, and Chris Rodriguez Jr., the rookie out of Kentucky. Uh, For the receiving room, this is one of the sticking points we had, but they went with seven receivers here. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel expected to be your starters. And then you have Deami Brown, Byron Pringles, Dax Milne, and Mitchell Tinsley, the undrafted free agent out of Penn State. Tight ends, you've got four of them. Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner, and Curtis Hodges. Offensive line, you've got nine offensive linemen. Charles Leno Jr., Sadiq Charles, Nick Gates, Sam Cosme, Andrew Wiley. And then backing them up, you've got Cornelius Lucas, Chris Paul, Ricky Stromberg, and veteran Trent Scott. On the defensive line, starting the defensive tackles, we have four of those. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Fedarian Mathis and John Ridgeway. Defensive ends, you got Montez Sweat, Chase Young, James Smith Williams, Casey Tuhill, KJ Henry, Andre Jones Jr., and FA Obata. Linebackers, we get four 
Cody Barton, Jamin Davis, David Mayo, Kalik Hudson. Cornerbacks, we've got six of them. Kendall Fuller, Emmanuel Forbes, Benjamin St. Juice, Quan Martin, Danny Johnson, and Christian Holmes. Safety, uh, we go with four. Cameron Curl, Derek Forrest, Jeremy Reeves, and Percy Butler. And then we've got three specialists, Joey Sly, the kicker, Trustway, the punter, and Cameron Cheeseman, your long snapper. So that is your initial 53-man roster for the Washington Commanders. One correction, uh, the Washington Commanders listed Quan Martin as a safety. I put him on my slide. Uh, if you're on YouTube as a cornerback and listed him as a cornerback, honestly, he's a defensive back, right? It's really kind of uh, I put him at corner because he plays mostly in the slot. The commanders call him a safety. That's fine. Uh, at the end of the day, he's going to be in the defensive backfield trying to help the commanders uh, do some good things on the defense, right? So now let's dive into the differences between my projection and what the Washington commanders did. So I had Jake Fromm as the third quarterback on this roster. I felt like the commanders were going to go ahead and take advantage of that rule, of that opportunity to have an emergency quarterback. They did not, at least not for right now, and we'll see how that develops moving into the future. So Jake from one of my projected guys making the roster, uh, unfortunately being waived on Tuesday in the receiver room. Uh, we had this conversation, right? I kind of mentioned if it was six receivers, I thought Dax Milne was the last guy in. If it was seven receivers, it would be Mitchell Tinsley. But I felt like the team was probably going to go six. They end up going seven. So I did not have Mitchell Tinsley on my projected uh, active roster tight ends. I left Curtis Hodges off of mine. I think most of us left Curtis Hodges off of ours uh, because of some of the struggles he had in the preseason and training camp practices. They end up keeping Curtis Hodges in his place. I had given the team Alex Arma because I did have four tight ends. Alex Arma traditionally organically is a fullback, uh, but has certainly gotten some reps during practice training camp in the preseason as a tight end kind of felt like they would use uh, that versatility. They did not. They decided to stick with Curtis Hodges. More on that here in just a little bit. Offensive line, I projected 10 offensive linemen to the Washington Commanders. They end up going nine. Tyler Larson is the guy that I put on the active roster that they decided to go ahead and move on from. Uh, I listed FAO Bata as a defensive tackle. I'm pretty sure in their in their in one of their preseason depth charts they did too, but they list him on the initial active roster as a defensive end. Again, he plays both. It doesn't really matter uh, at the end of the day, but just full transparency, right? Uh, defensive end group, though, I left Casey Tuhill off of mine. They end up uh, keeping Casey Tuhill. And if you remember my roster projection episode, I did mention that was kind of the hardest decision uh, of all of them was, was putting Casey Tuhill not on my active roster, kind of getting the feeling like I don't really see how this actually ends up happening. But the problem uh, there was I gave the Washington Mirrors 10 offensive linemen, which left me really with no choice but to give them 10 defensive linemen. Here, Washington ends up going with 11 defensive linemen, and they deal with nine offensive linemen. So if you take Tyler Larson off, which, to be fair, if I was going with nine offensive linemen, Tyler Larson would have been the one I would have taken off of. And then you do, you take uh, that extra spot, you give it to the defensive line, and you keep Casey Tuhill on the active roster. So that's how everything went down compared to what I had projected and then what we ended up with when the deadline came 4 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday afternoon. And that is where the Washington commanders will leap from uh, heading into the regular season. But again, this thing is fluid. You guys know that if you've been watching football for longer uh, than a year or two, you've realized that uh, turnover and the war of attrition that goes on with NFL rosters is very real. And it happens every single year. So there are some differences, but were there any real surprises, right? Sometimes you have a, a choice and the team goes a different direction. You go, yeah, you know, I kind of saw that come. Okay, Casey Tuhill, right? I'm not really surprised he stays on the active roster. Just couldn't find the room for him myself personally. So that's not going to be a surprise. Casey Tuhill staying, not going to be a surprise. But there are some surprises 
on what happened Tuesday with the Washington Commanders roster. We're going to get into those coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we'll do that thanks to our friends over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. The experience is supposed to be fun, so the ticket-buying experience should contribute to the fun or at least not take away from the fun, right? Well, Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, uh, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're about to have. With Game Time, you can get flash deals and last-minute tickets, and they make it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area with great images of seat views so you know exactly what you're getting yourself into before you finalize the purchase. For those of us who don't like to plan things out months and months in advance, don't worry. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. In fact, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less money, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Thanks for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every day and every dares, just like I do every other day. I appreciate you coming through today a uh, special thank you also to my subtexters who've been adding a little extra layer uh, of communication between me and commanders fans and and some of you have said that it's like having a friend on the inside and i'll tell you that really that makes me feel good that warms me up inside makes uh, it, it means a great deal to me um that you are enjoying uh, all of that extra interaction because i certainly am as well it's nice to to talk to some people about this team that aren't necessarily in the media arena don't get me wrong love being in the media love the media group uh this beat is, is better than i could have ever imagined but you know what I mean? It's like talking shop with shop. Like sometimes you want to talk what you work uh, with, with other people. I don't know. Hopefully that makes sense, but I appreciate all of the subtexters for, uh, for sharing your thoughts, sharing your insight uh, and reacting to mine as well as I share it with you. So speaking of insight and reactions, uh, some roster surprises here, right? So uh, the Washington Commanders made their decisions. They made their moves just like every other NFL team does. And there are without a doubt going to be some surprises in what uh, they chose to do. So looking at the roster, uh, again, I mean, at the end of the day, we had six differences, which means I got three things wrong because obviously for every player I add to the roster, that's a player that I didn't put on the roster, right? So like for every Jake Fromm 
that I put on the roster, the commanders left off the roster. There's a guy that I left off that is now going to be on, right? Capiche, Kapush, uh, makes sense. So obviously I got, so six names are going to flip. Three decisions were incorrect. I think to me out of 53, three of them incorrect. That's not, that's not a bad rate. Uh, I don't believe much better than a mock draft will go. Right. So starting right off at the top, Jake Fromm, not on the active roster. Instead, the Washington Bears decided to carry two. And my thing is this, the only reason that surprises me. And again, I kind of covered this in my roster projection episode where I explained to you all why I left Jake Fromm on the active roster is that this team has had very, very rough luck when it comes to quarterbacks and quarterback health just in general, right? So there is a there is a reality here where Sam Howell is not the starting quarterback at some point during the season, not because he's not playing well, but because he's injured, right? And if that happens, then you want to definitely make sure that your quarterback room is as secure as possible. Well, when you look at the dynamics of this quarterback room, Eric Bienmi a first time, full first time fully fledged offensive coordinator, right? Remember, he was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, but of course, Andy Reid. The, the, the debates rage on on how much control Andy had over how much control Eric had. But bottom line is, no matter how much control Eric had, Andy also had some 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 help in there, right? So bottom line is, this is Eric Bieniemy's first time being the full-on offensive, co- offensive coordinator. And he's the assistant head coach on top of it, and he's the play caller all by himself uh, for the first time as well. So that's a lot of stuff to have going on, and that means there are some wrinkles to this thing. Like You couldn't just bring in like Chad Henney uh, who decided to retire, but let's say Chad Eddie unretired and said, okay, I'll come play for UB. He's not going to, he's going to know it most for the most part. He's going to know some of the verbiage, the language, all that stuff, but there are just things about EB without the uh, overhanging or overshadowing of Andy Reed above him uh, that are just going to be different, right? That's just natural human nature. So really in reality, you've got three quarterbacks in the NFL that have this intimate knowledge of what Eric B is going to want to do and have learned the language, and have learned his wrinkles of the language that he brought over from Kansas City. That's Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, and Jake Fromm. Letting Jake Fromm go, releasing him, waving him, you put him out there for the other for the rest of the NFL world to see. And Jake Fromm had a very, very good preseason. And you've seen it, I've seen it, but here's the thing. The Cleveland Browns have also seen it. So have the Baltimore Ravens. So have the Cincinnati Bengals. They've all seen it in person and everybody else is seeing this thing. Everybody else has pro scouts. I mean, honestly, guys, just the other night there was there was a, a Cleveland Browns scout in the press box watching the the, the Washington Commanders Cincinnati Bengals game. So that scout has seen Jake Fromm twice now in the preseason. And I don't know. The Cleveland Browns just traded away Josh Dobbs or Joshua Dobbs, one of their backup quarterbacks. If they decide, hey, this Jake Fromm guy looked pretty good against us. Hey, this Jake Fromm guy looked pretty good against Cincinnati. Let's go ahead and give him a shot. Let's go ahead and bring him in. What do we have to lose behind Deshaun Watson? You could theoretically lose Jake Fromm to another NFL team. And while generally speaking, when you talk about the hierarchy of talent, you say, okay, is that really that big of a deal? Well, it is if what has happened in Washington every year for about the last five seasons, if not longer, happens this season. And what ends up happening is if Sam Howell, knock on wood, it doesn't happen, right? But if Sam Howell ends up having to leave, miss a a couple of games, a few games, uh, however many games to injury, and Jacoby Brissett comes in, well, now you're in a situation where if Jake Fromm ends up with another roster, you're going to you're going to be in a really hard spot because now you're going to bring in a backup quarterback that doesn't know this team. He doesn't know this team. He doesn't know the scheme. He doesn't know the language. He doesn't know any of it. So, yes, it's a valuable roster spot. When you look across the active roster, who do you really want to give up in order to keep Jake Fromm? 
I think that's a really hard discussion to have. You know what I mean? And that's kind of part of what we had uh, the discussion we had in my roster projection. But it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to take a gamble. You have to take a risk somewhere if you're an NFL franchise. You're either going to leave yourself short an extra D lineman, uh, a DB, maybe a wide receiver, or you're going to leave yourself vulnerable uh, to to some to some. Uh, lack of depth elsewhere. I think what the Washington Mariners are doing, they're kind of banking on the youth of Sam Howell, banking on his ability to escape. So he's not going to be a statue in the pocket, just getting you know pummeled all day and night if the offensive line can't hold up against a specific pass rush. But something that we saw in the preseason that I think need to be cleaned up in light of this move and the, the fact they only have these two quarterbacks now is making Sam Howell get down or take less, less punishment, right? The few times he did run during the preseason, he's showing a tendency to be that young, adventurous quarterback that a lot of young quarterbacks are and he'll he'll take some hits uh, and you don't want to see him doing that now this all goes away right so all this confusion and all this surprise and all this worry in my part goes away if jake Fromm makes it through waivers if jake Fromm makes it through waivers and ends up on the practice squad okay you feel better about your situation right because now jake Fromm can be there and if worst case scenario happens i mean for the game that it happens in you're pretty much stuck you got Jacoby Brissett, you got logan thomas if he's healthy behind him uh, I don't even remember who the who the next emergency quarterback would be, uh, but then the next week you'll have Jake Fromm to bring in as a backup. So hopefully you don't need it. But that's one of the reasons I was such a stickler. If they had four quarterbacks, I'd be like, all right, you know what I mean. You you wave two of them and you 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 get one to the practice squad. Now you've at least got that continuity there. But because they only had three to begin with, dropping down to two voluntarily and opening the door to the risk of losing one of three quarterbacks that knows this team uh, for this season the way that they do, uh, to me it just seemed. A little bit risky. So looking at the rest of the roster, uh, that was really the my I don't want to say my biggest surprise. I think the biggest surprise I had was the biggest surprise that a lot of people had, and that was Curtis Hodges making the active roster uh here. And not, not necessarily not necessarily over Alex Arma, right? That's not it's not really the situation we're in where it's you know, there's no way Curtis Hodges should have beaten out Alex Arma. It's just looking at the standard of performance, you just kind of felt like Curtis Hodges probably wasn't going to make the cut because of some of the struggles he had. But remember, go back to the uh, everydayers, go back to the projection episode. And what did I say? I said, if Curtis Hodges makes this roster still, even with some of the struggles he's had, it's going to be because of those traditional pass catching tight end skill sets or skills that he brings to the team. Well, you're going to hear it here just a little bit in the press conference clip that I, I pulled uh, to share with you guys on today's episode. Ron Rivera highlighted the athletic ability. He highlighted the skill set that Curtis Hodges has that he says is hard to find in today's NFL and honestly kind of fits exactly what Eric Bieniemy wants in a tight end in his offensive scheme this year. Uh, so that's exactly kind of what I said in the, in the, in the, in the projection episode is if they decide to keep him, it'll be because of some of these raw tools and, and assets that he has. That seems to be exactly the decision uh, that the Washington commanders made. I just figured they would go with the proven guy, the Alex Arma, who has done better in camp done better uh, in, in, in the preseason and then put Curtis Hodges on the practice squad. Uh, and maybe they felt like they couldn't, if again, if those skill sets, skill sets are rare to find or hard to find, like Ron Rivera says, that might be why they went ahead and put him on the active roster. Now he said, look, we don't want to risk losing him. So basically flip the uh, the uh, the ideas. Right. So I'm thinking Jake Fromm is too uh, is too risky to, to put out there in the open. They're thinking Curtis Hodges is too risky to put in the open. And that solves that mystery. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley making the roster, not necessarily surprised, just not something I projected they would do, keeping seven receivers. But, of course, they decide to. And then, like I said in the projection episode, he was my seventh receiver. So not really a surprise, uh, but a pleasant surprise just in the fact that that's not what I predicted. So that pretty much covers it. I don't think there's anything super crazy in this initial 53-man roster that we really have to dive into. If you disagree 
and you think there was something incredibly insane, by all means, drop it, and I will uh, I'll address it in a future episode, right? Um, one thing that I was also pleasantly uh, happy to find was Chris Rodriguez Jr., the rookie running back out of Kentucky, making this 53-man roster, something that I felt pretty confident in uh, coming towards the end of the preseason. He would never let himself get to the point where he said, yeah, he thinks he's on it and, and all these things, and I respect that about him. Um, but to me, internally, and I think you picked that up on the episodes and the show, uh, I was pretty confident that Chris was going to make this roster. So happy to see that. I asked Ron Rivera about Chris Rodriguez Jr. I asked Martin Mayhew uh, about Eric Bieniemy's influence this season so far through the draft, through free agency, through training camp, all of it, communicating uh, the kind of players that he needs. And I also included in the press conference clips uh, two questions from Ben Standig, one about keeping uh, Curtis Hodges and the other one about keeping uh, Mitchell Tinsley. So I wanted you guys to hear that too. Two great questions from Ben Standing of The Athletic. Two really good answers. And then I also asked Ron Rivera a follow-up question at the end of the press conference. I'm going to share those clips with you coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping up this 53-man roster reaction episode of Locked On Commanders uh, by taking a listen to a portion of the press conference, Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew, met with all of us in Ashburn following uh, right at the uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time deadline on Tuesday for every NFL team to be at or under the 53-man roster uh, limit. So, uh, again, this isn't the whole you know, press conference. If you want to see the whole thing, go to the Watch the Commanders YouTube page. Honestly, there's a lot of good things in the press conference, so I suggest that you watch it anyway. But I really wanted to share with you guys directly uh, their, their justifications or, or reasons for keeping Mitchell Tinsley, Curtis Hodges. I asked about Chris Rodriguez's development. Leading up to his making the initial 53, asked Martin Mayhew about Eric Bieniemy's influence. And then I asked Ron Rivera again uh, about the the impact that this type of a day with you know losing teammates, losing brothers that you've been sweating, working with, playing next to uh, for an entire preseason, what this kind of does to the team in the immediate aftermath. Uh, so all of those questions and answers coming up now uh, for you to hear. Um, for both of you, uh, Mitchell Tinsley makes the team as a UDFA. When did you kind of during the process think, okay, this is a guy that could stick and how, what was that ultimately sort of final decision with him? I think the biggest thing with Mitchell was it was from day one. You just saw it, you know, um, whether it was when we started back in uh, OTAs on, 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 on uh, the rookie camps and all that stuff that we had. And then we saw it from the beginning of training camp and he just progressed and progressed and progressed. And um, he was a young man that we really feel pretty confident about, uh, about his growth and development. And uh, at tight end, you guys uh, end up keeping Curtis Hodges. What was it? This, I mean, obviously you've had him now for more than a year, but why did you decide he had to stay with you guys right now? Well, he really didn't practice last year. That's part of the problem. And so when you look at it for us, that's a rookie right there. I mean, this is a young man that's got a tremendous skill set. Um, his physical traits are very difficult to find. Um, and, you know, just getting an opportunity to, to, to practice this year, completely was a good thing for him and so again we just we feel that this is a young man that has an ability um and we'll see how it how it grows and develops but players like that are very difficult to find 
Coach, you mentioned when you guys drafted Chris Rodriguez that he was someone that Eric Bien had kind of asked for specifically or kind of thrown his name behind. How do you feel like he's progressed from rookie camp to now and then ultimately making your initial roster? Well, I think Chris has done a nice job. He really has. He's, he's a big physical back. Um, he's, he catches the ball well out of the backfield for the most part. Uh, he's understanding protections. He's, he's willing to step up and, you know, stick his face in the fan. I mean, he's, he's, he's a young man that comes in and, and will uh, hold his position, try to play stout, give the quarterback some time. So when you see those, those combination of those three things of being able to run the ball, being able to catch the ball, and then protecting, um, you know, that's a huge plus. And so he's, he's done and grown uh, with the things that we, we want him to. And then Martin, talking about draft classes, a lot of times we talk about scheme fit and whether a player was the right fit in a place. And having a new offense coordinator and offense to install, uh, that can be a little bit tricky. How, how valuable has Eric Bannemi's communication been in making sure you can bring in the right young guys for this new scheme? Eric has been great as far as communication of what he's looking for, different traits at different positions. He's, he did a really good job with his evaluation for our draft this year. And he's been helpful going forward. I mean, um, you know, some of the guys that we picked up, uh, throughout the offseason, throughout the offseason, like like Byron Pringle, who had been in Kansas City with Eric, um, identifying guys like him, um, guys like uh, like Gore, like Derek Gore. Uh, so he, Eric's really helpful to the personnel department, and uh, he, he's 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 really good evaluator, and obviously a very good offensive coordinator. What's the in, in history? What's the what's the day after this day like for the team in the locker room at practice? Um, it's usually sluggish, you know, because um, you know there's a lot of guys that 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 you say goodbye to. Um, and then, you know, it, it, you go out and it's the 53, and, and those guys have to practice against each other. Um, but one of the things that I think happened helped us was that yesterday we cut a number of guys, and, and for the most part those were the, the guys that we weren't going to bring back. The guys we cut today, predominantly most of them, um, we're going to try and get back, obviously, because of the practice squad rules and all that. So um, I think that makes it a little bit easier. You know, when, when, so transitioning into practicing today was a lot easier for our group, I, I believe. Um, it really was a good practice, too. It was a fully padded practice. Um, you know, we had everybody that could be out there was out there, and, and, and they were geared up. Um, and it was, I mean, it was fast. We finished 20, about 24 minutes early. I mean, it, but the tempo was really strong. And that's one of the things that we've done all year um, during training camp. Is our tempo has been really quick, and uh, we, got a good, we, got, uh, we got a good stretch of the legs out of it. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. So you heard the questions. You heard the answers. Again, Ben Standing of The Athletic asking the first two questions. The next three were for me. That's only a part of the press conference. If you want to see the entire thing, head over to the Washington Commanders YouTube page and check out the entire press conference. Again, a lot of good uh, questions and a lot of good answers from uh, Coach and from the general manager, Martin Mayhews. Coming up tomorrow, we are back out at Ashburn for practice. That means a first look and uh, first observations of the active roster and we're going to meet with uh, Eric Stokes, the Washington Commanders Senior Director of Player Personnel beforehand. So we'll have uh, some stuff to uh, to talk about from that. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, just throw them down in the YouTube comment section. Hit me up on Twitter. Email me at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or text me directly by going to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnCommanders. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day, or thank you again for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Thank you all for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. And until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. (laughs) 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.